pastor at our partner church in Phoenix, Arizona called Compel Church. Um, pastor Herbert and I actually go way back um, before he really knows about our relationship, about, about how I've known him. Um, he, I grew up going and attending camps and youth conventions and services that Pastor Herbert spoke at as evangelist for many years. In fact, I remember carrying out a canoe onto a stage that he was using for the illustration in one of your messages. I remember Pastor Herbert used to wear, he used to dress entirely from head to toe in a firefighter's uniform. And so I literally had my life changed from listening to him going to services where he would speak and preach the word. God moved in my life. Uh, I spent 13 years as an evangelist before we planted the church. And one, one day in Kentucky, I sat on a picnic table with him, and I said, Pastor, right, I would love to get on the road. I would love to be used by God in this way. And I said, I'm just praying that some doors would open. And he said, he said you've got to sometimes kick down those doors. And my life really began to change in that time frame. 16 years ago, you probably know his story, 16 years ago, they planted People's Church in Oklahoma City. I've had dear friends that are a part of his team and a part of his leadership, and they're doing amazing things, reaching the city of Oklahoma City and beyond, all the way to Indianapolis. I want you to give him a big welcome as Pastor comes to share with us today. country so it's always funny now to to meet people and and they are in their 30s and with kids and they say I remember you spoke at my youth camp I'm like I can't be that old <laughs> they can't be you don't have kids do you you know what I mean so uh, I'm, I'm honored to uh, to share with you guys today um, and kind of talk to you about something that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about and that is the whole stewardship side of things. It's something that I uh, work on living out in my own life. And I trust that something that I would say, so here's what I look at in one of these sessions, that my hope and my, my goal would be that there would be one or two things that you would take out, that you could implement into your life and ministry. So I believe that's going to happen. I believe I'm going to give a, a, a quite a bit of practical things. I think you'll be able to latch into something that will help take your ministry, your life to uh, the next level. So um, whenever you do one of these app sessions, um, you want to come up with a catchy title. So right, so this is my cute little catchy title. Increasing your giving without decreasing your attendance. I don't know if I'll talk about that. I'm just playing. I'm going to talk, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna talk to you preaching. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> So I do want to kind of talk to you about that for a few moments. It'll be my goal to leave some time at the end for some, for some Q&A as well so that we can answer any questions that might help you uh, in some way. I'll give you a little context about uh, people's church um, that I think will help you as I talk about this subject. I'm not coming from a point of view or a worldview of, of being a pastor in a suburban church. And I love that. And so I've got lots of friends that are pastoring suburban churches and uh, that just has not been something the Lord has graced us with, with at this juncture. And I, I share that because we're not a church that's bringing in $30, $40, 50 $60 a head. Uh, so we, we've had to grind it out. And about right behind our largest campus, the neighborhood, is a Habitat for Humanity Homes. And that's the closest homes to our, our campus. And so... Uh, 
where I teach line. And so um, that, that's kind of, we do reach wealthy people. We do reach, you know, doctors and the NBA players and the whole spectrum. But where we're planted is, uh, I would just call it, grinding it out. So uh, I'll give you just some context here. So as I talk about this, I'm not, I'm coming from a point of view of uh, really having to work hard with good systems and strategy to help uh, increase giving without decreasing attendance uh, and been able to still reach lost people. So in every single Sunday, a little context, every single weekend, people get saved. Every weekend. Every weekend. Every weekend. So when I talk to you about this, you can have the backdrop of every weekend people come to Christ. Every weekend we have guests, and every weekend people come to Christ. So it's happening on a regular. So as I talk about this, you can just have that in your backdrop to go, I don't think we can reach lost people. And I bring that up because many church leaders, many pastors are apprehensive about talking about giving in their weekend services or at all. And I, I mean, church plans are just getting started, and they're going, I hear them talk about, I don't know if I can like giving. I don't know if I can bring it. You know, lost people don't want to hear about money or. You know, or, you know, my area of the country, it just wouldn't work. Our culture just wouldn't work and, and all. And I get the tension. I, I get the apprehension. I get the wrestle. Uh, but I do want to help hopefully help you overcome that so that you will have uh, the, 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 the boldness and also the proper tools to be able to talk about something that Jesus talked about a lot. To your church, to your congregation, to, to people that you have influence over. And so I, before I give you a lot of practical things, I want to just set the foundation. Because uh, I think the first thing that's important is that we have to have a biblical conviction when it comes to resources. And you have to just develop a biblical conviction. Because once you develop a biblical conviction, you know what it does? It really takes away the apprehension. It takes away the tension. It takes away the wrestle. It, it just minimizes it because now you feel a conviction about what you have to do as a, as a leader, as a pastor of God's people. And so here's just some convictions that I think we all have to have. And then when you talk from these convictions, it, it, it just changes your approach when you communicate about resources and finances when, when you have this conviction. Uh, here's what I would say a few things. Number one, it's a spiritual issue. You just got to have that as a conviction that, that finances, resources are a spiritual issue. Matthew 6, verse 21, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's a spiritual issue. Where, where people's treasure is, that is where their heart is. Just take somebody's checking account statement to look at it. Take somebody's credit card statement to look at it. You're getting to see I mean, where they're investing their money. That is where their heart is. We have to know that as leaders. We have to really believe that. He goes on to say, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And a lot of people are trying, but unsuccessfully. And so this is a spiritual issue. A lot of people are trying to serve God. It's got to serve money instead of God. And so when I'm talking about this with our church, I'm not trying to raise money. I'm trying to keep your heart with God. Right. So good. It's just a spiritual issue. So good. Spiritual issue. I'm not trying to raise money from you. I'm really wanting your heart to be right with the Lord. And I realize where your treasure is, that is where your heart really is. So I don't want something from you. I really do want something for you. That, 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 that changes things when you, when you have that conviction. Number two is this. Here's a second conviction that you have that, that's tied to this whole generosity piece that you need. And that is, it's a greed issue. 
a greed issue. Jesus said this in Luke 12 and verse 15. And he said to them, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. All kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. All, you know what? In 20 plus years of ministry, 22, 25 years of ministry, I've never one time, 16 years of pastoring our church, I've never one time had somebody come up to me and tell me that they struggle with greed. Now, I've had people confess a lot of stuff, crazy stuff. Stuff we can't, I mean, we, we can't talk about in here. You know, I've had all that, but nobody's ever said, man, pastor, boy, I'm really struggling with being greedy. It's hurting my life. Not once. Nobody believes they struggle with greed. Nobody believes. It's one of those hidden, deep, Sins that nobody recognizes in themselves. And yet Jesus talked about greed more than sex. That's what's fascinating to me, but nobody takes a struggle with it. He says, be on guard again, be you gotta be on guard. You listen, you got a security system for your house, you got a security system for your car. You better be on guard against this. You better guard your heart against this right here. All kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions, and you guys are all. Church leaders, so you know the story, he tells a, a parable about a man who had all kinds of crops and uh, he's wealthy and, and then he had some extra crops that came up and he had no place to store them so he tore down barns and he built bigger barns and only thought about himself, was only storing up for himself, his heart was full of greed and this is how Jesus ended it, Luke 12 verse 21. This is how it will be, he says, your life is going to be demanded from you today and this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves themselves, but it's not rich toward God. So one, one of the key ways to keep people's hearts from greed is we have to teach them to be generous. It, it's, a, it's a greed issue. Like if I don't share this with you, your natural gravitational pull is to be greedy. And you don't even recognize that you're greedy. And, and, and the very first place greed's going to show up is this. You're not rich towards God. He says, man, listen, this is how it's going to be. It's okay to have stuff. It's okay to be wealthy. It's okay to have a nice car, a nice stuff. That's okay. But he wasn't rich towards God. Somebody didn't invest in his life. They say, man, you're dealing with a greedy heart. And what I have tried to teach our church is most Americans think they're generous. Most people in your church think they're generous. Because... In America, when we hear a need and we hear something about a third world country or man, the horrific hurricanes that just took place, Hurricane Florence and people hurting with hot power. And so people will respond to a need and they'll send $50, $100, $1,000 this spontaneously. But, but generosity is not giving spontaneously. Generosity is not hearing about a need every once in a while and giving it, giving to it. That's not generosity. Generosity is a lifestyle. Right. And a lot of Americans feel like they're generous because they respond to a need. It's great. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. We respond to a need. That's a wonderful thing to do. But generosity is not spontaneously. Spontaneous. It is a lifestyle. That means it's in your budget. It means you're planning to be generous. And so we've got to teach people this or their hearts will drift towards greed. It's a, it's a greed issue. And, and number three is this. Number three is this. It's a blessing issue. Now, I don't have to talk to you long about this one. But it is a blessing issue. 
that, that, that because this is my conviction, because I believe when I, that, that generosity is a spiritual issue. If not taught, it's a creed issue. And that it is a blessing issue. It compels me to share this with people. And I'll just share scriptures you already know. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Uh, will a mere mortal rob God? And I believe this, right? Yet you rob me. Like, this is a conviction I have. But you ask, how are you robbing you in tithes and offerings? And I believe you can rob God of both. Verse 9, you are under a curse. I sure don't want the people that I lead to be under a curse. Yeah. Yeah. I just have a conviction. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want that for their lives. I, I don't want something for you. I want something for you. I don't want you to be greedy. Yeah. I don't want your heart controlled by money. I don't want you living under a curse. He goes on to say, bring, on, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. There may be food in my house. Test me this is the Lord Almighty and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. Don't you want that for your people? Yeah. To live under open heaven. He says, so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I will prevent the pest from devouring their crops. Don't you want God to be rebuking the devourer for your people? Now, I just read that moment. I, I don't want something from you. I want something for you so bad. And so that compels me. To, that these convictions compel me to share. Proverbs 11, verse 25. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That's a conviction. We have to teach people how to be blessed by, by giving and being generous towards others. Because I believe if you'll refresh others, God will refresh you. Proverbs 22, verse 9. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. We have to teach people to be generous to those who are less fortunate. God blesses the person who is generous. I don't want something from you. I want something for you. So with all of that, I'm going to go practical with you. Okay, that was my spiritual talk. But without that, I can give you these practical tools, but you won't frame them up the right way. So you got to have a biblical just conviction about generosity. So let's talk about Practical. I would tell every church, and if you're a, a new church, a church planter, here's what I would encourage you with. Develop a generosity plan to help people grow in living a generous life. For years, I, I was spastic. I didn't have a real plan. I was just shooting in the dark at what we did. And I had to learn to develop a generosity plan to help people grow in living a generous life. So I'm going to talk to you about our plan, the strategic plan that we have at People's Church. And my hope is something will bless you that you can take back. So here's the plan that we use. I teach a series on generosity once a year. And usually it's in the fall, uh, usually October or November, and that's strategic for us because... Right after fall break is over, I usually begin a generosity series, and our biggest months of giving every year is the end of the year. So I'm bringing that back towards people. I'm encouraging them with their generosity, and then I'll do a message or two throughout the throughout the year as well. Uh, so I'll, I'll do that, sprinkle it in, or add it to a message, the generosity component. But I really focus in on it uh, at the end of the year, October, November timeframe for about four weeks. And then let me say this to you practically. There are different approaches you can use when you teach a generosity series. There are different approaches you can use. So let me let me convey some, some approaches that, 
uh, that you can use to help people. So there are some times when I'm doing a generosity series, it can be just real practical about financial stewardship. So sometimes I may spend weeks talking about, you know, budget and debt reduction and savings and Dave Ramsey principles and crown finance. So I might use the weekend sometimes to, to help with that. Sometimes my approach is just I want to teach people about generosity for the next four weeks, about living a generous life with their time, talent, and treasure. There might be another time I'm doing, doing the series, I might just focus in on tithing and giving. What is the tithe? What's the difference between the tithe and the offering? Why do we do both? I might spend time just unpacking the principle of the tithe and giving and offerings. And, uh, and then uh, the fourth way for me, and this is probably the one I use the most, and that is weaving giving into the thread of the series. So I'll, I, I, like for instance, last year, I'll give you an example. We did a series called Greater. I don't remember the tagline, but there was a tagline with the series. And then, uh, for instance, I uh, talked about week one, roadblocks to living a greater life. And I talked about in John 14, 12, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do greater works, Jesus said, than I have done. I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And then that we want to talk about what are roadblocks to keep us from living a greater life. Yeah, and then one of those points was generosity. Week two, I talked about life is 10% what happens to you and 90% your response to what happens to you. And that message I preached about Joseph. And I talked about your response will determine if you live a greater life. Your response to pain, your response to problems, your response to power, and your response to prosperity when you become second in charge of Egypt. You got me. You're, got, you're in charge of the grain and the stores and feeding people. Your response to prosperity will. So I was able to move right. I attached it to so the series, and it wasn't just so. Uh, that that was. That, that those are approaches you can use that come across life giving. Lost people still coming to know Jesus, and it's landing well in hearts. And number two is this. Um, that, that's something that's been helpful for us, and that is. Uh, generosity commitment cards. So let me tell you my style of preaching. I preach for one purpose, and that is for life change. I, I am preaching to help people take spiritual next steps. And so during a series on generosity, um, I want to make it really clear and really easy to help people take a next step in living a generous life. And for our context, some kind of generosity card helps people know it's clear and it's easy and I see how I can engage uh, in living a, gener a more generous life. And so something that has been helpful for us is I've got three categories of generosity that I teach people. Uh, for us, I call it number one, the life giver. So what I've learned is, in our context, and I'm sure probably in many of your contexts, when I talk about giving, it can be really difficult for somebody who just came to Christ or struggling, maybe upside down financially, to take the step of faith to, to, to start tithing. And so I used to eliminate all those people, or I used to just put them under holy conviction and condemnation, you know what I mean? Like, start tithing now. And then I just noticed they weren't responding in the way that I wanted them to respond. And so I said, okay, no, I believe in the tithe. I believe that's the baseline. That's the starting point. 
but how do I give you just to take a step towards generosity? And so we added a category called Life Giver. Bring life to people. Start giving $20 a week or more online reoccurring every week. Just $20 a week or more online reoccurring. Set it up. Become a life giver. Just begin. you got to begin somewhere of living a generous life. And so we have had, we have slews of people that start there, but now they're, they're stepping that first step into a generous life. And then category two is tithing. And uh, like a lot of churches, we, with that, we have a, not only the commitment card, then we'll have a separate 90-day tithe challenge card uh, for people to trust God in that area of their life. And then for us, we have what we call Dream Builder. You can go visit buildthedream.tv, buildthedream.tv. And uh, this is over and above giving, over and above the top. And then buildthedream.tv is our website where people can just go and see some of the projects that we're doing. So if you give the Dream Builders, here's what you're giving to. Just go visit buildthedream.tv, give above the top, and help us change lives locally, nationally, and internationally. So that's over and above giving. And then during this generosity series, as we have the commitment cards, we are really encouraging people uh, and bringing emphasis to online giving. So we were probably, when we started, trying to bring emphasis to this 30% or so. We've, we've moved the needle over the last several years to we're about 70% of our giving now is online. And, and we don't have, like, we don't have a tech culture. Like, the people that I'm pastoring, like, if I get one tweet on Instagram a week, I'm like, where are these people at their thousands of y'all? Somebody pull, tweet something out, you know what I'm saying? I'll say something. We just, we just don't have a technology church. And so it's really huge that we've been able to move the needle strategically to, to people to give online. Uh, so that's been really big for us. Um, so that, that's been big. Here, here's, a, here's a third thing. So we talked about teach a series, a generosity commitment card. Um, number three is end of the year offering. So I'm already teaching at the end of the year on generosity, and I'm weaving in an end of the year offering. For us, we call it a miracle offering. Because I want something for you. I believe God wants to do a miracle in your life. And he wants to do a miracle even through our church. And that's focused in on these Dream Builder projects. Now, something that we have done at People's Church is our Dream Builder projects, we don't have those dollars designated. It's designated Dream Builders, but it can be used in several different categories, including the campuses, including local, including uh, national, our church plants, and international. And so we're stewarding those dollars where we feel best and uh, making the church aware of that. So it's really big for us as we have this end of the year offering. And so like last year was in Haiti. We were giving $42,000 to, we exported 100 children in Haiti and it was our prison ministry. And so we really pushed that end of the year. Lost people loved it. Like, they were feeding kids in Haiti. Wow. You know what I mean? We're having to give them education or the prison. Man, we, we. They're giving to that. So their they're, people are excited about it. Um, the end of the year offer. So that's been really uh, big for us. And we can we can see that. We can, at the end of the year, see a $20,000, dollars $60,000 gift from one person just because they're motivated by, by, by the projects that we're doing. And number four is we have a vision night every year. So, and that's always at that same time. So I'll do a, we call it one night where all the campuses in Oklahoma come together at one location and I cast. So in November, November the 4th, that Sunday night, uh, I'll cast 2019 vision. Here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. Here's the changes we're making. Here's the vision that we've got. Here's what's happening. 
here's some projects we're going to be doing. And at that, so at that, that, that night, that vision night, the, there's a, a, a feed them component. So it's a pre-party where they come into the pre-party, they eat and have food and take photos together and have fun together. And then there's the, uh, um, uh, we're going to vision casting park where I cast vision. And then there's, we want something for you. We want to bless you, whether you give to the vision or not. Everybody walks out like last year. They had, everybody had greater t-shirts. And this year's Faith Over Fear t-shirts. They'll walk out and, of course, they wear them all around the church. They're all proud. And we just bless them with it and just give that to them. And then we ask, hey, would you pray about making a commitment? Would you, become prayer? Would you be a life giver? If you're a life giver, would you take this and become a tithe? If you're a tithe, would you give over and above? And would everybody pray about the miracle offering coming up in December? And so we knew that at our, at our, 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 our one-night event. So we have a vision night every year. Um, and then during this series um, in October, November, uh, we've got, we got all these components going on. But I'm also weaving in, I know some of you are upside down financially. I know you're struggling. In January, we're going to be offer free classes to help you get out of debt, to help you get on a budget. So I'm casting vision that way. I want something for you. I want something for you. And then we have a, a, a guy in our church who's debt-free and passionate about fire. I think all of us have somebody, even if they're not debt-free, they're just like, man, everybody's got to be debt-free. You know, everybody's got to be just that person, right? So you find that person in your church and turn them loose. They're like, I want to teach classes. I want to good teach them. Just teach everybody. You know what I mean? We just, so we just turn them loose, and he got the classes going across all the campuses. And then out of those, out of that, he does that in January for three or four weeks. And then we launch financial small groups. So when there's financial peace or crown ministry or so that's happening. So, but then I'm at, in the timing of it, I'm casting vision about that in October, November. So they know that's coming for them in January. And so that, that's a big that's a big win during that time of the year as I'm casting vision. Um, all right, the next thing is this been this has been a game changer for us. Um, I don't know why it took me so long to, to figure this out, but it took me a long time. But our weekend offerings, we have become very strategic in our communication. We winged it for years and years and years. Give take the offer, right? Yeah. All the campuses are doing something different, all talking about something different, just high on the Lord level, right? So, but this has been a game changer for us um, to strategically help people know what their giving is going towards. To strategically help people know that their giving is changing lives. To strategically help them know their giving is making a difference locally, nationally, and internationally. So it's really been a game changer for us. And I'll give you some ideas that these things have really worked for us. Um, and, and it's really life-giving for lost people. So when people get water baptized, you know, and this just came to Christ, we show some pictures of them the next week. And we tell how many people got water baptized, and we'll share a story. Say, so, man, you know what? That person right there that got water baptized, let me tell you a little bit about their story. Hey, people, just thanks for coming. Thanks for helping change lives. Um, there's a life change story testimony of somebody, whatever. There's always life change stories. You know, somebody got healed, delivered, set free, right? Man, we want to just read a story, an email that just came to us this week. 
Thank you for giving. Thank you for giving. Thank you for tithing. It's really making a difference. Um, the, our local missions, you know, we do an event called Day of Hope. And I, I, I never used to capitalize on these events and let people know. So we'll give, you know, 2,500, 3,000 backpacks out, school supplies and free haircuts and dental. And now I come the next week with pictures. We tell you what we did, what your giving's doing, how it's changing lives. Are we bought a refrigerator for the city rescue mission? I mean, you still get pictures of the refrigerator y'all bought. Thank you for buying a refrigerator so we can feed homeless people in our city. Thank you for your giving. It's just, it's really changing lives. Uh, Ark, man, they, every time they launch some churches. Hey, I want you to know we just started eight churches. You started eight churches. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for your giving. Thank you for what you do. I may call up a church planner or have my office. Hey, somebody call up this new church planner. You see, here's a list of the states here where they are. Call them up and see if they got a story. Man, we just talked last week to a church planner. We just started. They had 222 people. Eight people came to Christ. And he told us this past week, church, thank you for giving, making that, that this dream come true. And he's like, let's pray for that church planner. I'm Lord, right now we pray for Matt Keller. That you would touch him and his dream team, that new church on their second week of meeting. Right from it, so they're like, wow, we're part of that church in Kansas, or so we're just we're just strategic uh, about it. Uh, I will weave in at strategic times. I don't do this during growth season, but during strategic times, I'll weave in tithing and generosity testimonies. Why well, just get up because they're always coming in. As a matter of fact, on our growth track class, at the end of it, we ask people to give a testimony. That's helped us get a lot more testimonies. If you have a class, ask people to give you their testimonies. Out of that class, so that you're always having plenty of testimonies to share. And so I will get up and share a giving testimony. Say, so, man, such and such said they, you know, they didn't have a job or they had a job and lost a job, but they kept tithing. And listen, let me tell you what God is getting God so faithful, church. Can we just thank Him for His faithfulness when we tithe? Right? And people are, yeah, woo, yeah. It's exciting because that's somebody's real story. Um, so I could keep going on and on about, but we have just become strategic. I have been writing offering scripts weekly. Like, I don't want y'all there weaning this time of the service. This is going to be very strategic, what we're celebrating, to help people know what they're giving to. Um, and then we've, we've added, we've added, and it, 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 it can feel like this is for us. I have learned this is really, it's my heart, and it's for them. We put up a ways to give slide every week. It's not a law. But every week is somebody's first Sunday or their second Sunday. They don't know how to give to the church. They don't know about text to give. You know, one of my media guys said to me, Pastor, let me just put it up for five seconds, put it back down. I said, no. You got to. There's new people. They, don't, they can't read text to give in five seconds. Like, we've got to serve the people. This is for them. Not, it's not for the people who have been here for five years. This is for new people that want to engage in the vision. And so we put up a ways to give slide, and just whether it's envelope or online or the app or text to give, they know how they can they can be a part of what we're doing. We don't even we don't even reference it, but it's just there to serve you. Um, during the summertime, um, this is a great way to not only promote your uh, your live services or your however you do your online worship experiences or. Maybe it's on demand uh, after the sermon's over. It's not live stream. But we promote that 
and then we do that, and it gives us a segue into hey, why are you away worshiping, and we want to we want you to know we want for you to continue to stay connected and grow spiritually. It's also a way for you to continue to give here with our app or online, and then it'll be a little online tutorial. Here's how you click on or watch the service, and you can give by right. It's just real quick. It's just, but it's for you. It's for you. But we just taught you how to give online. Oh, it was really easy. It was just three clicks. Boom, boom, boom. Right? So it's just those kinds of things that educate people on your, on your online giving. That's every summer for us. We, we weave that in there. Something that has been a real, real game changer for us. Um, I would rank this up as high as anything that we do that has shifted the needle for us. Because uh, our giving has, has climbed uh, pretty significantly for us. And we call them people care reports. So we get a, I get a report, me and the executive team, we get a report. Um, it's about once every six to eight weeks. I just don't remember the exact time, but it's about six to eight weeks. And it lets us see who has stopped giving and who has stopped checking in their kids. And so it shows 30 days. Then it shows, I think, 60 to 90 days, and then it shows uh, 120 and longer. So I get this report, and when we first got the report, oh my gosh, I almost passed out. I was like, oh my Lord, look at how many people have stopped giving. Look how many people have had to check their kids. But as we, and now we just put in a caracol. What's a caracol? Hey, how you doing? And here's what we learned. People were not mad at the church. They were going through life. Right. And nobody was doing ministry to them. That's right. wow. They weren't going, we just hate the church. We don't want to give. Man, let me tell you, we're, we're struggling. I just lost my job. Let me, I mean, we were. We started hearing stories. We're like, man, people are, it was, it's very rare people are mad at the church. Yep. They, they moved. or Most of the time, they were going through life. And then we just said, how can we pray for you? And then you know what? We got, I get a report. After that, after those calls are made, on who jumped back on? Who started checking their kids in again and started giving again? And it's always us. 78% jump back on. Just because they get care for They got a personal phone call. They just got love for them. And so now we got a system, right? Of, it just hits my desk every six to eight weeks. We look at it. And then only the executive team sees the financial side of it. The rest of the, none of the other staff see that. They just go, go make these calls, right? Go, go level people. Go serve the people. And man, it has been a, a real game changer to create that kind of people care system. Um, I'll just tell you something that we're processing now uh, from Highlands that we're going to implement. I have not implemented it yet, so this is the one thing I'm not doing that I would that, that we're going to do, and that is a legacy team. So, how do you minister to people who have the gift of giving? So if you're not familiar with that, we're, we're going to implement that in the first quarter of 2019 of how to strategically minister to people who have the gift of giving. And so we are in the process of putting that plan together and rolling out a legacy team and adding it to our growth track. Um, let me say, so when I say growth track, we all have an image of that because of Highlands and Grow Conference. And uh, in our growth track is, is, is similar yet or different. So because of who we reach, I don't touch on giving, I teach on giving in growth rank. So our week two is small groups and giving. And in our, in our, 
on our commitment card, and I'll send this on commitment cards. On those commitment cards, we actually give you an opportunity to put down your credit card number and sign up for reoccurring giving, and we'll surprise you how many people will do that if you give them the option to do it. Give you the credit card information and the amount to put down, and go back to your office, your financial team, and they enter it in, and then the way they start reoccurring giving starts coming out. But that happens for us in every growth track class as well, that I spend 15 minutes or so talking about uh, living a generous life and giving people an opportunity to give. Let, let me share, before I answer some questions, I've talked a lot, uh, I want to be, give some Q&A time. Uh, let me say this to you. If you don't live a generous life, yeah. all that I'm saying is really I'm not going to help you in your ministry to move the needle. I'm not giving you a, a strategic plan. I'm giving you who I am. Um, I've always been a tither. I've always given over and above. I'm one of the most generous people in our church. Not because I made the most. I just, we just have always given. Given away two vehicles. We've given away lots of money. We've just we've always given and back when Matt and I started our churches, there was no ARC. And we were ARC because we funded it ourselves, right? You know what I mean? There wasn't the, the matching fund was us matching ourselves. You hear what I'm saying? And so you gave to buy your equipment yourself, right? So that's how we, so we started our church with us matching ourselves. You see what I'm saying? So we just all like, you reproduce who you are, not what you want. And so if you can't get up and talk about your giving, and you can't get up and talk about what you've given away cars, you've given away money, now, when I say give away cars, it was back in my mid-20s. My wife and I bought our first car, uh, paid cash for it. It was a green Ford Taurus. Lime green, ugly green. But it was paid for, it ran. And we gave that away. And I'm telling the church about that. Um, the only debt I have is my home. We pay cash for our cars. So we can give more to the kingdom. Like I'm able to model that for the church. I'm able to talk like that to the church. This is, who I, this is an outflow of who I am and how we're, how we're living our lives. And so that, that's really big that um, you don't get what you want, you get who you are. That's good. So you just want to want to live a generous life. Uh, great. Uh, let me share one more nugget. Last thing, last thing that I think is big. I used to get angry at my staff. We require them to tithe. So... If you're going to be a people search after you got a time, we're going to check your records about every 90 days to make sure you are tithing. Um, that they were not generous. Because I thought because I lived it, they would get it. Interesting. Yeah, and it frustrated me. Like, why aren't you guys giving more? Like, you come to Dream Builders Commitment, you put down $20 a month. I don't know what you make. $20 a month? That's all you're going to give above your tithe to help us in the prison? Uh, but what I've started doing is now we have in our all-staff chapel, it's once a month. It's the second Tuesday of the month. But now every October, before I begin the generosity series, I teach them. So let me talk to so you. Coming up in October, before I begin the series of the church, I'll say, let me talk to you all. Let me talk to you about the leaders too, how we live. And so that's made a difference for our team that I would, I, I would teach them because some, for some reason they think when they sit out in the congregation I'm talking to the people I'm about to do. Right. But when I but when I just sit down with the staff and say, let me talk to you guys about what we do as leaders. Wow. 
it's really made a difference in, in, in their giving because it is limiting my frustration when I get the reports. I'm like, these jokers are not generous. <laughs> so I just have to teach them how to be generous. And that is an expectation of a leader, that we lead first. So questions you guys have. Hopefully I gave you at least one bullet that you can take back and fire in your own ministry on your questions that you have. Good to see you again. <laughs> so uh, the life give, I'm curious, do you, uh, when do you actually talk about that? Is that just in your next steps? Or are you actually saying that from the pulpit? I am saying that. Um, it's, it's in our, it's language in our growth track class. So you're hearing that when I talk about generosity. And then it's language that I'm using. And I'm using it really strong during a, a generosity series. Because I'm, I'm really at that juncture trying to help people take that next step. And I realize for some people, that next step is, man, man, pastor, giving $20 a week, recurring every week, that's a big move for me. And I know that I make $100,000 a year, but that's a real big move for me based on what I've been doing. Like, but just start there. And there's no condemnation with it. Just get started there. And I still believe the tithe is where you, but, so that's, I just weave it in there. Thanks. Yeah. I just want to say thanks for being so practical and helpful in opening up your plan. When you talk about the people care reports, uh, just to clarify, so there's it's like columns. So these people have stopped in the last thirty days, and then people move. Yeah. As you get reports, so yeah. it used to be thirty, but now they're ninety. Like yeah. And there's columns, and it's by campus. So it's by each campus, and it's a thirty. Matter of fact, I just recently got one. Let me not make it up. I can tell you exactly what it is. Come here. It's color coded like that. So this is the next report. 31 days, 60 days, 61 to 90. It's 91 to 20, 120 to 180. And it tells me campus. It gives me the names. It gives me their start date of giving, their last date of gift. Wow. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> but you're welcome to come up here. <laughs> so, but that's how that works for us. But it's a game changer. And to, and to follow up on that, those those calls that the people receive, they don't. The people receiving those calls don't have any clue that that's why they're getting. No, even for the kids, the kids aren't coming. Okay. We're just calling. Hey, how are you doing? You know. And I tell my staff, don't be calling. At twelve in, at afternoon, at ten in the morning, nobody's home then. Yeah, right. Unless they're stay-at-home mom, they call. But call at night. I need you to talk to these people. Yeah, right. Good. That's good. When you make that call, or when your team makes that call, do you actually say we've noticed that you haven't given, or we noticed that you haven't checked? No, 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 no. It is a pure. How are you doing? What's going on? How can we? And then we can pray with you about it. See. Hey, just call them, give, give, how's everything going? It's just a care call. Because people open up. They're like, they're surprised number one, you called. Right. Hey, yes, it's Pastor Rob from People's Church. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing good. I just was called to check on you. How's everything going? Man, you know what? I just lost my job. Wow. Right. Yeah. Oh, really? Can you tell me what's going on? Yeah. And then if they say, if everything's great, then we'll say, well, how can I pray for you? And sometimes that's where you get the information. Yeah. But there's nothing ever about giving. 
and there's nothing ever about, man, you haven't been to church in a long time. You know what I mean? It's just, it's a care call. But that care call does all the work and we're just caring for them and loving them and praying for them. Yeah. But they would have no idea. None of them know about that report. Yes, it, it is. What I don't, what I would say that it is Tyler and Dream Builder are the most clear. Because I talk about life now in, if you go to growth track, it's really clear there. But every October, November, it's really clear again. Because that's what I'm really strategically trying to move people. So I'm not always trying to move them to does that make sense? But that time of the year, that one time of the year, I'm like, I am moving as many people as I can to take a next step spiritually in their generosity. Oh, yeah, that's good. So I, I have a little bit of a unique situation. Um, we're in Siguana, our eighth year, um, where our church went. Very early on in our situation, we were actually able to meet in a facility that was kind of, kind of our facility where we were going to purchase it one day. Um, but just recently, we've had to move, and so um, we've had a culture of being in a church building, and now we're in a mobile culture. And um, I understand the value of putting on the screen, here's the refrigerator you bought, here's this, here's that, but what would your advice be to me going into like the second month where I'm looking and I'm going, dude, I'm just trying to get people here early on Sunday set up because our culture's never been that. And so, honestly, and I hate this, but we've, we've really kind of had to look internally, um, really, and, like, I don't want to be a church that looks internally, but, um, like, right now, I, like, we're not doing much outside because we're in such a traffic, like, like, we literally had to move in under 24 hours. So, um, now, good side of it is, like, the camaraderie, like, yeah. we got camaraderie going on, never experienced in our church history, but, but what would your, I mean, I don't know, what would your advice be to me? Yeah, Just, man. I, I feel like, like that, like I should be out there doing something. Yeah, I could give you some advice, man. I think, yeah, yeah, I'd give you some advice. I'd say, um, you know, number one, you are creating culture, and so you're going to have to be intentional about the culture you are creating, and I would say secondarily, uh, what gets celebrated gets repeated. Uh, so you're going to have to find something to celebrate because I think people are giving and you need to be able to celebrate it's a life change you want to be able to celebrate something because they're giving and, and the vision is moving forward and then man go find $15 or go buy some backpacks to bless somebody or buy some Christmas presents at Christmas time you got $20 you can do, do, get it yourself you know what I mean if not call me and I'll send you $20 go buy some Christmas go bless somebody that's in need Right, so be a blessing. The generous bless the poor, and then you will be blessed. Your church will be blessed if you go take fifty dollars, a hundred, thousand, whatever you can afford, and go bless the underprivileged kids, and tell the church thank you for your giving. We're making it. It's just, just little things that you can do to celebrate. It doesn't have to be a refrigerator. It doesn't have to be. 
but there's something that you can help create a culture, a culture of generosity. Yeah. That your giving is making a difference. That your yeah. giving is changing lives. Yeah. Right, there's something yeah. that you can do. talking about that the next Sunday. Church, thank you for your generosity. We just blessed such and such church down the street or where, and God is really working at their ministry. To share those stories, create a culture of generosity, let people know where their giving is going and that lives are being changed because they're giving. I just want to talk about confidence a little bit. Yeah, I'm a pastor four, four years into this. I feel like there's a little bit of a shift from first year to now. I feel like I'm developing a lot more about casting vision and the stories similar to what you're sharing. But talk to me about early life, like any things that you did to just help shift, because I'm realizing this isn't about me. It's like what you said, it's more about what I'm asking for us. It's more about I want the blessing for them. And also just like, man, we have a big vision and it's going to take lots of resources and so did you do you feel like you had like a, 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 a shift in your- yeah you know a couple things come to my mind when you, when you talk I would say here's what I here's what I would say my experience with most people this was my experience and the experience I've seen with most people most of us lack the confidence and get hung up here because of bad models so I thought it was biblical I just didn't know, I didn't have the proper application, the proper tools to be able to talk about it. So in my paradigm, all I knew was this is how you talked about it. And so as I got better tools, like some of the things I'm talking, as I learned some of these things, I learned there's actually a life-giving way to talk about finances that don't tick people off. Now when you do it, it doesn't matter if Jesus is talking about money. Somebody, there's going to be some, but I'm not going to let the one or two people who get up and leave, right, rob everybody else. Because I am being life-giving. We are running our budget well. I don't need your money today. I'm not teaching you this for an offering. Like, we're going to make it whether you give or not because that's how we run the church. And we got plenty of money in the bank. And, right, so I'm not, I want to help you. And so, and then finding out those life-changing tools, life-giving tools, I should say, to be able to do it. With those bad models, you're like, dude, if I do that, I know that's not going to work. You know what I mean? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Yeah. They are available every growth track class. So they're always available, right? They're just not always. What, what gets preached or promoted gets accomplished and done. So they're just not always being, they're always being promoted in track. Once a year is when I bring big emphasis to it, to move people. They're in the back of seat back pockets. So in the back of seat back pockets. So that people have access. Now at, at our one night, I'm passing them out. Because you knew I'm passing the 2019 vision. So you came here knowing that. You know, get a car. I'll say, everybody grab a car. But you know what I did? Last year I did this for the first time. I led the church this way and it was really life-giving. I was told everybody, everybody here, whether it's your first time or you've been here 200 times, I want everybody to grab a generosity commitment. I'm not asking you to make a commitment. I just want you to see what I'm talking about. So no, there's no make a commitment. I'm not asking you for that. 
But now I got people engaged with the car. And that was my goal. Because like, you know, a lot of people just look at you. Just grab the car and slow it down. But there was no like, now fill it out. Right by your hands. The devil's casting out. Right? I didn't do any of that. And it's like, look at it, right? So there was no pressure with it. But I just knew that would help just so you get engaged with it and see what looks good. So you say you're required. We got you next. All right. I would say you've probably been a bit educated, yes. You know, and so I would say this uh, from a volunteer standpoint. Um, there is, we ask people at a leadership level, volunteer and staff, to tithe. Now, we don't have the same conversations we have with our Like, if you're a pay staff, there have been some pay staff that their supervisor sitting in the office going, what is going on? Right? So, what's happening? Even if they're so. Now, I don't, but if they were volunteer, that conversation would look different. How about part time staff? We have several part time staff. Part time staff, they, they they're required to tithe. I, 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 we use an approach of passion people. Right, right. So I'm just passionate people. Like, I'm not mad at you. Like, I really want you, but I want something for you. Like, why? And just, so we're just talking, we're just passionate. What's happening? Is there something going on? You know? How's everything going? You still believe what the Bible says? All of it? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not being mean. Like, maybe they no, I don't believe it no more. Really? I can't. We may have to have some different conversations, <laughs> right? But it's just it's passion.
continue to set culture of don't leave early. So I've said, I have to say that, hey, want to respect those around us. So I have to continue to work on setting culture that people don't get up and leave early. But it's easy because 70% of your church gives online. So like, well, we're taking an offering. I already gave. But I still try to help set culture. But I like it better at the end because I want to, I'm moving you to a spiritual next step. And so that for that once a year when I do that series, we get a better response. If it's there. On sermon, altar call. Yep, sermon, altar call in your seat. Um, your next step is growth track or baptism after that altar call. And then from that, welcome first time guest. Glad to have you here. We have a free gift at Guest Central. If you drop by, one of our pastors love to meet you, shake your hand. You know, and then from that, hey. When the ushers come, we prepare to receive the Lord's tithe and our dream builder's offering. I am not yielding five minutes back to you, so just so you know. <laughs> Man, I, I, I don't have data on that, so I would be making it up. Okay. And I hate to do that to you because I don't have hard data to tell you. Um, You're seeing growth though. Yes, 100%. Because if you can get the move just to giving faithfully, right, then that, now you actually have a chance versus making a huge leap from there to time. We were, just, we were struggling with that. And it's easier once they become a consistent giver. That's good. No, because no, because of how I teach it, right? Because I'm, I'm teaching that as gifts, right? I'm, I'm the audience I'm talking to, and then I'm all, but I'm not just talking to that audience. I'm also talking to tithers, and I'm trying to get tithers to take that next step spiritually for. So, and I'm not using any language of let's take steps backwards. You know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that to people. So, <laughs> okay, I'm not. so, so that's helping them go forward. Lord, thanks for our time together. Um, we do want to be people that handle and honor the resources that you bless our churches with in a way that would bring you glory. We want to see our people set free from greed and their hearts being entangled uh, with loving money instead of you. And we want them under your blessing. So, Father, I pray you would use us to lead and train to equip our people to live a generous life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.